to another episode of Too Young to Be This Old. I am Ben, of course, here with my good friend Andy. Hello. Thank you guys for listening. Let's wrap up the housekeeping real quick. Um, if you want to find all things Too Young to Be This Old related, you can find them on our website at podcast.tooyoungtobethisold.com. Find all the ways to listen to us, social media links, etc. And today, bringing in a guest, a good friend of mine that I have met through our mutual love of video games and cars, uh, good friend Michael Day. How are you doing, Michael? Awesome. Thanks for having me. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm a complete nerd. Uh, I love Rocket League, obviously. Also into racing and music, play a little bit of guitar. Um, yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And he actually brought up our subject today. We're going to talk about Rocket League today. And this is the first time that we're going to talk about video games since our third episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And and unlike that episode, I'm actually excited to talk about this one. So Thank God. Yeah, yeah. So bringing in in Michael, uh, because his... Love for Rocket League, as you mentioned, is probably unmatched amongst anyone I've ever played the game with. So, Rocket League. Um, how yeah. to describe this? It's it's pretty yeah. similar to most sports, except yeah. there are rockets attached to the back of cars that fly through the air and do crazy flips. Yep. So, um, so, so the team that made Rocket League is Psionics, and Rocket League is the spiritual successor to Supersonic Acrobatic rocket-powered battle cars, which I never played, but you did, Andy? Yeah, so um, the other guest we have on um, during our pay-per-view PowerPoint, the other PowerPoint episodes, yeah, the other Michael, um, uh, who is, you know, of PS Nation podcast fame, that podcast, uh, back in the day, even before he was a fan, was like a, they, they one day just got all on about this game. They were like, supersonic acrobatic rocket-powered battle cars, and... They were like, it's on sale, and this is such a great game if you've never played it. So I think I paid like like $5 on PS3 and, and grabbed it. And I was like, this is fantastic. And it was very, very similar to what Rocket League became. Just like, you know, a less, less polished, less pretty version of it. But it was still, you know, a lot of the same charm that you got with Rocket League. And I'm sorry for cutting you off a second ago, Michael, but what you were saying is actually what we wanted to talk about here um, with talking about how Rocket League is basically a sport, um, what um, you were mentioning mentioning there. So yeah, uh, go it ahead. It really is. I mean, eSports is huge now, but within the eSports world, Rocket League, I think, is distinguished itself as one of the few games that kind of resembles a real-world sport. Um the teams kind of work the same way. The meta of how you play and, and the skill curve of learning the game and how it's analyzed and broken down. I mean, it, it really is just kind of like a really modern version of football or baseball or something like that. It's actually, says, I think it's closest when, to hockey, personally. Yeah, when he says football, he is meaning F-U-T-B-O-L. Uh, we call that soccer here in America land. <laughs> Uh, I, I think you're, I think you're dead on there. It's, uh, it's got such a mass appeal because like you said, it's got all these, the strategic, strategic formation and stuff like that, that you would find in real world sports combined with the ridiculous, I mean, controller skill that you have to have to pull off some, some stuff in that game that can just be absolutely ridiculous. Um, I know you kind of hinted at it a little bit there, Andy, but what about what got you playing Rocket League was a PS Nation's podcast, correct? Yep, that is right. All right, and Michael, what what drew you to Rocket League? What got you playing Rocket League? Oh, um, I mean, it was a pretty natural find for me. Um, I like things that are repetitive and that you can kind of work on a craft like over and over and over and and perfect things and refine things. Um, That's part of what draws me to racing. You know, you're doing the same lap over and over hunting the time, but you're refining the lap every time. Rocket League's kind of the same way, except honestly, it's a lot bigger. Um, The creative freedom there is, is insane. As people get really good at the game, they start to develop really unique styles like play styles. And you can watch somebody do something in a GIF and almost immediately recognize, like, hey, that's 
you know, this person, like Squishy Muffins, for example. Um, he's a really popular pro player. Really unique style. Um, so for me, it, it, it just, I couldn't really keep myself from it. I found out about it probably about a year after it was released, and I was really disappointed that I hadn't known about it since launch. Um, I've been hooked on it ever since. And, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I, you make it sound like such a beautiful game. It's like we're, it's like <laughs> Rocket we're League is about, art. It is a beautiful game. Yeah, it's like we're talking about art here. So for any of you guys that, uh, that are getting lost in the woods here, just bear with us because this, <laughs> there's a lot of passion in this. We're just, I'm romanticizing it a little bit, but I, I can't help myself. Yeah. I, I like this game a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, when I had my PS4, Andy was like, hey, this game's free with PS Plus. Download it. So, like, I downloaded it and played it a little bit and didn't think nothing of it. And uh, as I was talking, me and Michael actually started playing. We we have some mutual friends, but we actually started playing uh, Forza 7 together when he's talking about racing. He races real-life cars. I just stick to virtual tracks. Um but we started playing that, and he goes, oh, also I play Rocket League. So I picked up Rocket League on the PC as well, and uh, him and another friend of ours, uh, Smitty, have now gotten to the point where we're actually sitting there practicing rotation, formation, shots, passes, and, and things like that. So I credit him for becoming the player in Rocket League I am today, but it was like Andy introduced me to the game, and then Michael kind of molded me into... I hate to say taking a game seriously, but when I play a video game, that's the only thing I know how to do. It's like go hard or In, go home. Into a Madden style addiction. Yeah, it well, actually... thanks, Andy. You got him hooked <laughs> on it. Now we had to do all the hard work and train him up, and <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, Andy showed really me the game, and, and you guys had to do all the heavy lifting. Right, I was it's, just it's like, Ben, awesome. it's got cars and explosions, and and it's a sport. And come on, let's do this. So was, uh, that was an easy sell. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a hard sell. No. Um, so let's talk about this phenomenon that is Rocket League. It just entered its fourth year. So have a game that released. Was it twenty? I think it was twenty fourteen. Yeah, I think it either into twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Definitely, it was definitely twenty fourteen. Okay. That well, if it's right. been if it's been four years. We're in 2019. Oh, sorry, 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 no. Initial release date was July 7th, 2015. Okay. I was about to say, just simple math here. I feel like we're missing something. Yep, yep. Um, math. All right. But it blew up on the esports scene. And I don't think... Quick. I don't think you can talk about the esports scene, uh, which which kudos to Michael for this stat here, if you want to give that from, <laughs> from the year before Rocket League was released. Yep, so in 2014... Um... 2015 obviously being the launch of Rocket League, 27 million people viewed um, the League of Legends World Finals, which if you don't know what that is, that's another online multiplayer game that is very popular in the esports world. And that same year, 13.8 million people viewed the World Series. So it gives so you, you get... kind of an idea of the, the scale of this stuff. Like esports is absolutely massive as an industry. Yeah, and it's definitely starting to get more mainstream coverage because i know you've had what was it the dota finals were shown on espn or no it was uh heroes of the storm was heroes shown of the on storm ESPN, yeah yeah ESPN. that's the thing you're getting yeah you're getting definite like you know mainstream coverage from like espn recognizing it and yeah. they're selling out entire stadiums which is something they were doing you know in asia um you know way way before uh, starcraft. the u.s was yeah with starcraft way way before the u.s even you know understood what a esport was for the most part but it's you know finally made its way over here and and it doesn't seem to be slowing down at all no it's and picking it, up pace i mean it's yeah. not quite doubling every year but it's been rapidly growing um it, 2017 it's... the the global esports market was valued at like 1.5 billion dollars and that's it's, an industry it's going to be over two pretty soon and yeah. i mean i've been downtown atlanta and i've seen rocket league um World Finals on the TV oh, yeah. in a bar. Oh yeah, it's I'm crazy. Not, not Every WWE pay per view. <laughs> 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 Always sponsored. Still waiting on that Macho Man and Ultimate oh, Warrior decals so, to come out. 
You were I'm just tired about that. I am. I'm just tired of them saying that they're out when they're not out. <laughs> it's it's very very frustrating. Yep. Um. You've got. I mean, China's probably the forefront of this industry right now, with them literally building cities for esports. Well, not cities, but districts, which is still insane. I mean, they're essentially terraforming around this industry, uh, which is crazy. Um, (laughs) Hangzhou is the main city. They have stuff going on in Beijing. Like, three or four of their biggest cities in China are starting to really, really adopt to this industry. And we're seeing stuff like that here in Texas. They have... um, It's it's like a 100,000-square-foot arena that they're erecting just for esports. You've got universities joining in there's a collegiate rocket league series in 2018 there were 63 institutions uh, registered for crl so you can literally go to school and pay your way through it playing rocket league right now like you can get a you can get a scholarship and be a varsity rocket league player so for all those parents that say their kids can't do something with their life if they play video games it's no longer the case yeah yep wrong that that's changing rapidly um between the esports scene and streaming, games are now a way to make money. Um, I think me and Michael have had this conversation. This is kind of a little sidebar tangent, but just because you can doesn't mean you will. So kids, don't throw all your eggs in the make money basket because unless you can be charismatic, charming, and good at a game, you may not make it as a Twitch streamer or a professional video game player. And lucky. And lucky. You got to be able to sell yourself and be at the right place at the right time. So there's a lot that goes into it. Not saying don't follow your dreams, but just understand this is almost like when kids say, I'm going to play in the NFL. You've got probably about the same shot of playing in the NFL as you do being a professional video gamer. Uncle Ben keeping it real, helping kids understand what they're signing up for. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, man. There's, well, it's true. No, and so much of it, so much of it is also luck. And like right place, yes. right time, and getting the right pop, and and some of it, you know, you can't even. You can't but this even is really an interesting just... format, right? Because like right. before, if you if you're wanting to be in the NFL, um, you have mm-hmm. to get noticed by the people at your school or talent scouts that maybe yeah. hiding in the crowd. This is on a completely international scale. You know, it's it's virtual, so that kind of changes the game a little bit. Um, I think some of those barriers for making it to the very top are different than they were in more like geographically constrained traditional sports. But at the same time, that makes it harder because... There's um, more people. Yeah, the so scale's bigger. So much more competition. You just get you swallowed have, by it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you get swallowed by it. And you have people that you know can literally dedicate eight hours a day to playing and streaming and practicing. And, that and is some people do. do. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have some um, people that do that that really shouldn't because they're not that good and then wonder why they don't make it. Hopefully not too many. Yeah, well, I only say that because I, I follow a lot of streamers on Twitter from my time when I was trying to stream and build some sort of following. And I guess that makes me sound like I'm a jaded individual, but I understood very quickly. I, very, I understood very quickly. <laughs> I didn't have the, the time to dedicate like these people are, so more power to them. I just didn't have the time or the schedule consistency to right. to put in it. Um, yeah, I mean, you basically have to like make your you have to kind of roll your whole life around it. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, you know, you, have you... To set a schedule, be consistent. The moment you're not consistent is the moment you lose followers. You hear about you know um, streamers right now where they don't want to go. They don't want to go to like these big conventions. They don't want to go to E3. They don't want to go to you know, um, you know whatever is going on because they know that if that means they're going to miss a day of streaming on their schedule, the Twitch culture drops you just like that. Yeah. You miss a day, you lose followers, and they directly tie that to how much money they lose, and it's just not insignificant. Right, but that's so. content creation. You also have the pro player side, and you even have you have a whole ecosystem of like virtual coaches uh, and things like right. that for Rocket League. I mean, these guys are making you know thirty, forty, sixty bucks an hour uh, coaching people <laughs> how to get better at Rocket League, right? You, if you came out of school with a bachelor's degree and made sixty bucks an hour, like that's pretty good. Um, 
these guys don't have to follow a regular schedule. They can kind of fit it in almost like an Uber driver would. You know, you flip your phone on. Yes, I'm working now. Right. So yeah. That yeah. side of it seems a little bit more forgiving. But again, yeah. you can't really do that unless you're pretty much at the top of the game. Yep. So since we've kind of already started on the subject, uh, and we are specifically talking about Rocket League, what makes Rocket League such a good esports platform? Because there's a lot of time these games that are esports, we only see last a year or two before they drop off the scene. But now Rocket yeah. League's entering its fourth year. It's been growing every year, getting steadily more publicity, so on and so forth. Um, I don't think it's going anywhere either. Um, you know, they're hiring not better, Rocket better sportscasters. Rocket League 2. Well, and that, so it's interesting you bring that up. I mean, will there be a Rocket League 2? You know, because when you think about it, the things that make Rocket League a good esport could kind of just be updated into the game at any time. Um, you have standardized yeah, fields. Yeah, there's no huge need to selection make it too. Of, they just keep adding on. Right. They have all these um, completely customizable cars, but it's all aesthetic. Nothing really changes the way one car is not better than the other. Um, that's they have not different true. hitboxes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> the Scarab <laughs> is the best car, obviously. Yeah, the but... Scarab. Yeah, that is, that is a joke, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so I think Rocket League is an awesome esport platform because of how it you know it has no content. It's the same thing, and that is the point. The thing that changes is the person playing it. Right, because the more the more you play the game, the more you'll get out of the game. And the community are always, especially at the, the forefront of Rocket League uh, mechanics and gameplay, people are pushing the meta farther. Like every year, it's crazier and crazier. And you, you go back and look at these these old plays, even from the World Finals, from some of the best players in the world a couple years ago. And, you know, 30% of the community can do that stuff now. So the ceiling's always getting higher. Right. And, and kind of what you're talking about with the with the meta as well, with with things like heat maps and just the video that you can watch, the stats and everything. It's very easy for somebody who's never played Rocket League to watch a video, and if you have basic understanding of sports, it's very quickly like, okay, the point of this game is to get the ball in the goal. How you do that, right. you can see like, oh well, this person hit this ball. That's an assist. That's a goal. Uh, that's a save. It's very easy to 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 see and digest from what... right, which is that's a good point, Ben, because that's why I think that's what I think makes it you know great because almost anybody, even people who aren't into games, could watch this at a bar and be like, "Whoa, this looks really cool," and maybe they just want to watch it. Maybe they want to try playing it out. And they do, and I think yeah. that easily digestible format is the huge reason uh, for its success. I like road racing, you know, um, left, right corners all over a road course. It's not very easily televised. Sometimes it's kind of hard to follow. You can't really tell the running order of the cars. And then you look at NASCAR. It's in a smaller, tighter format. You can see the whole track from one spot. And honestly, it's a lot easier to follow. It's a lot easier to watch. It's a lot easier to make interesting. And you see a little bit of that with Rocket League. It's When you watch League of Legends or Dota or something like that, you know, someone coming into it completely new, they're not going to have any idea what they're looking at. Someone who has oh, no yeah, idea absolutely. what Rocket League is can watch it on the TV at the bar, and it's just entrancing. You know, it's amazing, and you can kind of get an idea what's going on right from the bat. I'm so glad somebody other than myself defended NASCAR on this podcast. I like, right, usually I like turning one. right and left, but, you know, <laughs> NASCAR is definitely a better... Um, content format. It's a better entertainment platform, and that's what we're talking about here. Like Rocket League as an esport, any esport is an entertainment platform, at least from the viewership side. Yep. And and kind of like what you said, it has a more. It it, it would be an easier mass appeal because unlike a game, as much as me and Andy love Madden, unless you're a football fan, you're not gonna watch somebody play Madden. And even if no, you're a football fan. Nine times out of ten, you're not going to care if you don't already play video games. Yeah. Like, you're not going to care. It's like, oh, I love football, but I'm not watching these guys play Madden. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not doing that. Um, or, you know, NBA 2K, of course, now has their own pro scene, so it's getting a little bit more mass appeal as well. Um, but, like you said, Rocket League, you can, 
you don't have to know anything going on. You can turn the TV on if Rocket League was on. You would understand the premise of the game within the first minute. And the appeal just from the showmanship side. When you have never seen this game and you watch someone dribble a ball on the nose of their car, pirouetting through the air all the way across the field and dunk it on someone, I mean, it's that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's cool. And uh, it doesn't take a lot of understanding about the game to understand why that's cool. You just kind of get drawn in by it. You, you hinted at it a little earlier with the ecosystem in Rocket League. There's a lot of ways that people are cashing in on Rocket League's uh, popularity right now. Between you, you mentioned people paying for coaches. You can, can pay for a coach. There's merch everywhere. Um, so, so the university you... signing up for the collegiate rocket league pay a twenty five hundred dollar fee. There's most of it's through advertising and sponsorship. Um, Backup. I mean, there's Hot Wheels. With Rocket League, you mean to tell me that there are people that may not be that great at the game that are paying people to teach them to be better at the game? <laughs> Absolutely. I I grabbed somebody off of Fiverr just for fun, just to see what that would be like. I think it was like 15 bucks or something, and I got like a, a one-hour coaching session, private one-on-one coaching from like a grand champ. And honestly, it <laughs> for $15, I think I got more out of the one hour with him than like the previous 100 hours I had played before that. It was pretty nuts. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I heard that correctly before we yep. continue. Before we can before while Ben in the background sets up his account on Fiverr. Yeah, he's over there signing up. <laughs> he's like, oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. Yeah, hold, hold it. You mean I can charge ten dollars an hour to teach somebody how to rotate? All right, let's go. <laughs> let's yeah, do. and no, and the beauty of it is you can teach people below your level. So if you're a plat player, you're not gonna get the same kind of like um, incoming horde of people trying to learn from you as a grand champ would. But you can help people out who are new to the game and are just trying to figure things out. You're going to have things to teach them. Excuse me, I am Diamond, and you know that, because we did that last <laughs> night. I wasn't referencing just, you specifically. Just, you just take it personally here, Ben. I'm but just saying, we're, no, we're Diamond 1. <laughs> it's, it is truly amazing, though, right? Like you're saying, there's there's this whole other side to this game, right, of people you know, being able to... You know, coach others and and have their Fiverr gigs and you know make money outside of being like a professional Rocket League player or a streamer that focuses on Rocket League and makes money via that. There's like this whole other avenue of you know a money making uh you know process I mean, hell, that and hell with the online marketplace that Rocket League has, you have people making money off selling items. Absolutely. So you yeah, have a of huge course, market. The, the very pretty items that somebody wants. If you don't want it, you go on to like a, a trading website and you can trade it for keys, cash, items. They don't say just trade for cash. Don't do right. that. But right. keys are basically cash in Rocket League. So tomato, tomato on that front. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, that to me is crazy. So we've talked about all the ways to make money in Rocket League. And I feel like this is going to be where a huge chunk of our talking what does it take to become good at Rocket League? Oh, man. And before you start talking, Michael, <laughs> Andy, I want you... Because even though you're the one that introduced me to this, I feel like yeah. from the Rocket League skill level in this podcast... You're... Uh, Definitely the lowest one here. Okay. So, without you worrying about offending me, definitely the lowest. Okay. Um, so mm. if you're posing this question to me... Mm-hmm. about what does it take to become good at it um i'd say it definitely takes a lot of practice and just consistently putting time into the game um watching others moves i know from like watching you know you play i've picked up things so usually playing with people a bit above you i think is a great way to keep you know getting better and leveling up your skills and learning new tricks because there's things i've seen you do that i'm just like <laughs> yeah i'm not doing that um but i so, think it takes a lot so of time glad you were the good. one person watching my rocket league stream <laughs> <laughs> i was that one viewer appreciate you dog Always. um and it's funny you say that because all I heard when I started playing Rocket League w- with Michael was, it takes time, it takes time, yep, it time. takes time. 
Um, I think Michael has a funny story when it comes to playing Rocket League with me. Because so? I, well, I got so intimidated by playing Rocket League with you and our friend Smitty. Because you guys talked about, it's like, I've got 1,200 hours in this game. It's going to take a while before you become competitive. Oh, God. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to commit 1,000 hours a game just to be competitive. <laughs> but it's not about that. I mean, yeah. like a lot of well, other things in life, I think it's about enjoying the process and just kind of embracing the process. And by that, I mean, if you want to come home and just blow two hours messing around on Rocket League, have a good time, sure. And maybe throw in the odd, you know, 15 or 20 minute session where you're just kind of grinding on mechanics. When you do that over a long enough period of time, eventually the thousand hours comes out of that. And most people that I know that are, you know, really, really invested in this game, they haven't gone into it with the, oh, I'm going to put, you know, 2000 hours into Rocket League and become really good at it. We're kind of just filthy casuals and (laughs) do it enough that eventually it adds up and we just keep working on things little by little. It, 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 it was it just like I said that was the the first couple times I played with you guys that's what I heard and I'm like I'm never gonna fucking play this game again <laughs> um, it can be like, intimidating um, yeah. out <laughs> yeah but then I'll never forget when I started doing things you and Smitty were like how many hours you got in this game I'm like 150 and they're like what the fuck and that's why you keep coming back right yeah because you hit those on- moments where you're doing things that you use your jaw used to hit the floor when you saw people do something and then that first time that it clicks and you hit it, it's like magic. And Same reason I play golf. Back. Same reason yep. I play golf. Rocket League offers a lot of that. Yep. All of a sudden, a you know, exactly like you said, all of a sudden there's something that you saw somebody do that you would have never thought you'd have been able to do, and then suddenly you're doing it in your sleep. And then a couple weeks later, that's just a routine part of your gameplay. You don't even think about that anymore. Yep. You hit it nine times out of ten. Oh, you're disappointed like, when you don't. Yeah, like you know, wall that's shots the progression. used to be like, how the hell do you hit a ball off the wall? And now that's like my bread and butter. Is, oh man, is yeah, I remember that wall. from the from the very beginning, right? Like the wall shots, and also even just people like kind of like, you know, driving on the fucking, you know, on the on the upside down and the flying that happened. Like, I remember when I first got into it, and then I watched some people who were really into it and saw how much time they were spending in the air, and I was just like, what? the fuck is going on oh yeah when michael plays rocket league he has his fucking aviation license i swear to god michael you stay in the air more than you stay on the ground playing rocket league maybe that's a bad thing i've been stuck at the same rank for like three months (laughs) but it's gotta do something better well you know you're talking about the ranks let's go ahead and break down the ranks um all right so when you start playing rocket league you'll have to play 10 games to get your rating most new players are going to start in bronze. And Michael, you do a really good job of explaining the ranking, so I'll let you roll with this one. So what? So, hmm. The rankings are really interesting. Um, and something to keep in mind here is that they, they're not static. And what I mean by that is a gold from Season 3 is almost irrelevant from a gold from you know Season 5. Uh, this it's all relative kind of like an iq is so yep. where 100 iq is like the average um and the differences between each rank as you go up it's kind of it's not exponential but it's definitely not evenly spaced so you go bronze silver gold platinum diamond and then you get into champ and grand champ and the difference between a bronze and a silver is pretty small difference between silver and gold is a little bigger but still you know, not that big. The difference between the top two ranks is like a factor of almost two. Um, the MMR. When you say which the is, top two ranks, you're talking about the difference between a champ and a grand champ. Right. Correct. Um, okay. And the rank below that. Let's talk about uh, diamond two. So from diamond to champ is probably about half the distance between champ and grand champ. If that gives any kind of perspective on that. And what it takes to move from one rank up to the next it kind of changes as you move along so you kind of start climbing up these ranks and you'll hit a complete wall and it'll feel like it's absolutely impossible to progress you know uninstall the game you just you want to quit and forget it all ever happened 
me and gold but, two seasons ago. <laughs> yeah, and it's usually right around gold. And something fundamental has to happen right around that um, point for you to get to platinum. You have and to different practice. different aspects of the game start coming in. Well, it, certain parts of it are mechanics, and certain parts are, are gameplay-based. But fundamentally, I think right around gold, you stop focusing on, I'm hitting the ball into the goal, and start thinking, oh, okay, I have to rotate, so I need to like look around and keep track of other cars and where my team is, where the other team is, and things like that, and spacing. You know, that's not existent in silver. You're not thinking about that. And maybe you shouldn't be. And I think the game reinvents itself every time you hit one of those walls, and that's that's how you keep progressing. It, it forces you to learn something new. Um, just, just from my experience, you know, um, when me and Andy played, I was bronze level because my whole strategy in the game was boost into ball. Um, when I started playing with Michael, since we started playing, you were what diamond one when we started playing, or were you still plat when we started playing? Um, I was diamond in a couple of playlists, but not all of them. But I just remember you're the one you and our buddy Sean were the one that introduced me to rotation. And Good then old rotation. Smitty was the one that showed me more mechanical skill. Um, I still cannot sit in gold to save my life in most cases. If, if That's you, not if, true. You do pretty good on defense. You, I you do don't give lot, yourself enough credit there. Well, I do a lot better when I'm not playing straight goalie. I am great at making the save from the pocket and right. getting to goal. I'm much better at sweeping across the goal to make a save than I am waiting for the play to come to me in goal. Uh, well, sir, goal. as a newly anointed diamond, you should yeah. <laughs> you should be in the habit of, of doing that anyways. Coming yeah. across the goal is a really good habit, and sitting in it, it it works for the lower ranks. Like, you know, when people can't bring in crazy shot angles. Right. Like, so you can sit you, there and get to stuff. Yeah. Until you get gold, you're not going to have many people that aren't going to try to shoot on the goal from one of three angles, either head-on or the sides. Once you get into, like, high gold and platinum, that's when you start getting people coming from the air. So you're seeing a lot of high corner shots, things like that, that that sitting in the middle of the gold just is completely so, okay. irrelevant. That's an awesome point, and that's exactly what I was trying to say before and I think doing kind of a bad job of. The game at different levels of rank is a different game. So you could take someone who is like, you're a diamond now. Um, if you went into silver and tried to hold your own, you might have a hard time. Because that diamond, you're doing certain things and you have certain habits, certain muscle memories. Like you know Smitty and I are going to rotate back and do what we need to do. Our positioning's going to be on point and we're going to go up for things whenever you send us a pass. If you fall back down into silver, you're going to send someone a pass up the wall and they're not even going to be looking for it. They're going to be back at the goal messing around or chasing the ball right behind you and knock you off of your hit. So you have to tailor what you're doing to each each rank, and that's a whole other skill set in and of itself. Yeah, I'm definitely having some issues adjusting to that. Right? Because we play with a lot part, of... Though. Yeah, we have played with a lot of different people, and you just kind of got to learn how each individual person you play with plays. Um, which... We have quite a few people we play with that uh, we have good chemistry with, and we have some that we just know that we have absolutely no chemistry with, and, that, and we try not to play with them. Yeah, that's a good point, and and I think that it's interesting you mentioned that, right? And although it seems like at the you know at the lower, more casual ranks, and just you know recreational playing, um, this is though still a pretty accessible game for jumping in and not having to have you know all your friends play with you and still be able to have a good time um and actually playing the game like i find playing with randos is really not too bad obviously it probably gets worse as you're higher up in the ranks and it's a little more i serious. disagree the, the, i yeah, think it's wait, actually better as you get higher yeah oh is it better okay cool yeah, it yeah no better. i didn't know because i haven't gone above silver yeah. so i wasn't sure if you guys were gonna be like no 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 you always have to have your group together but you know i i've 
really never had too many issues playing with other people. No, the quick chat system know. in this game is definitely a bonus yeah. to it. It does yeah, yeah. a fantastic job of you being able to communicate without without comms, without mics or anything like that. It yeah. makes it real simple. For um, people it, who have no idea what the hell we're talking about there, talk about the quick chat real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. And a bit about how that's maybe better than some other eSport platforms, and, and just let's, let's discuss that. I like yeah. that. Well, I personally, even though I'm playing the game on PC, they recommend playing it with a controller. So I am playing with a controller. So I can literally tell anybody that I'm playing with that I'm either going to go for the shot, they should take the shot, I'm defending, I need boost, like anything that you would need to to tell in a quick manner is all mapped to the D-pad uh, or whatever button your quick chat is. So it's very easy without being without even talking. You can just tell people going for it, this, that, and the other. So that makes it really simple. Um, and you, I mean, of course, you know, you have other games. Um, I'll use PUBG as an example because that's another game that I play a decent sure. amount. If you don't have comms until this last update, there was no way to communicate in the game at all. But they wow. did just add quick chat stuff this last update. Um, Apex has very simple quick chat stuff where you can point out enemies, you can point out weapons, and you can suggest places to go, which I think that's the the next best when it comes to video games being able to communicate without comms uh, to me anyway. And I know on on League of Legends, I have or Apex. Oh my god, phone. What the hell are you listening for right now? Sorry about that, guys. Ben, you finally done goofed with that. Uh, apparently. Oh, man. I might have just talked more, but like apparently I used words that it deemed that it needed to come on. You just quick chatted your phone. Basically. Basically. Um, so it's just... That's something I feel like we, we live we live in a generation now that... I know I have ranted and raved uh, on this podcast before about how I hate the fact that we're losing communication as a tool because everybody's more comfortable talking behind a keyboard or through text messages... Uh, me and Andy specifically, Andy knows that when I want to talk to him, I'm not going to text him because if I don't have to text, he is getting a motherfucking phone call. <laughs> and usually that phone call is declined with, I can't talk, text me. But I think I yeah. finally figured out too. After a while, I figured out eventually the best thing to tell Ben is I will call you. Um, I will call you back. Yeah, because I like to talk. I like to use my voice to speak to people. Um. But in video games, it gets frustrating when you're playing a game and because somebody's either sitting in a party chat or they don't have a microphone um, or anything like that, that you have no way to tell them what you're doing or what they need to expect from you. And then Rocket League has completely turned that narrative on its head with their quick chat system. Which is, which is great. And yep. it's funny enough that this game, you know, right, kind of found its first bit of popularity on PlayStation. And we'll talk about other platforms, you know, like we've talked about PC, right? Obviously, it's on other platforms, which... It's on every know. fucking platform. Yeah, yeah, it's on everything. But funny enough, with it finding its popularity initially on PlayStation and having such a great quick chat system, it does account for the fact that for some reason, it's like a known stereotype that most people on PlayStation don't have a headset or if they do, they don't talk on it. <laughs> it's just like, that's always been a thing from like PS2 online days forward. It's just a weird thing. Because on or Xbox, they do... it's not an issue. So so honestly, here's what it is going back. Yeah. Let me, let me channel my inner retail game establishment days. Sony never packaged headsets with their console. So the only people who had headsets oh. were the ones who bought SOCOM 2, and SOCOM 2 gave you a headset. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's why. Whereas Xbox always gives you, even if it is a shitty headset, you have a headset right. out of the box. Sony Sony now packages their, their consoles with it. Yeah, headset. it took... They, not the original run of PS4. Yes, it did. My launch did PS4 came with a headset. Wasn't it those earbuds with the little talk yeah, thing on it? Yeah, with the microphone, oh. yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. And nobody uses that because, like, I don't like earbuds. They go in my ear. I don't like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't put things in my ears. So, Ugh. anyway, off that side tangent. But like I said, I was just saying I think it was real funny um, that you know it kind of you know it it 
it exploded on on a on a platform that people are known for really just not talking. But I think that's a great segue into uh, you know, I guess let's first before we go into platforms, we want to talk about you know this game's longevity and its popularity, and I think we've mentioned a good bit of that, right? But one thing it seems like they just mentioned. keep yeah they just keep finding ways to come up with new game modes. Yes, which so, is just fantastic. So. Your when when the game first released, your basic game modes you had standard, which is three v three, duos, self explanatory, or what is it called? Doubles. Doubles. Yeah, doubles. Doubles. You have a solo game mode, and was solo standard around at launch? I believe so. Okay, all solo standard was is it's still three v three, but when you match making solo standard, you don't get paired up with parties, so it's each team is three random people. Which, if you're playing by yourself, that's a great way to play because you know you're not going to run into. Yeah, you know you're not going to run into a group of three people playing together that are going to shit stomp you. You still may get shit stomped. I play a lot of solo, um, or not solo, just standard. Just standard. Standard all the time. Standard and solo standard, which is where you're, you know, you're queuing without friends, and it's everyone is individually randomized. I play in the one against teams that can party up even when I'm solo queuing. And I think it's made me a better Rocket League player as a result. I will because play I've solo. had to learn to adapt to the people on my team very quickly mm-hmm. in order to keep up with the teams that probably all have mics and are talking to each other and have been playing together for months, if not years. Yeah. Um, I'm not that brave. I still, the most, I, I if I'm playing by myself, I'm usually playing solo standard. Um, and they have those uh, as ranked game modes. And it was, what, two seasons ago? Um, that they have a bunch of extra modes, and they have now added those to the ranked list. Um, you have games such as Drop Shot, Rumble, uh, Snow Day, which is a hockey variant. Instead of hitting a ball, you're hitting a hockey puck. Which and that is, puck, I love Snow Day. <laughs> Snow Day is one of my favorite game modes. And um, hoops. And hoops. Hoops is hoops, awesome. Dog. I love hoops. Yeah. Um, but each of those game modes, for example, Drop Shot. The purpose of Drop Shot is for you to get the ball on the ground on the opponent's side of the field so you can knock the floor out and then put the ball through the hole you create. So it's kind of like Rocket League's version of, what was it, the breakout, the game with the ball and the bar that you had to hit back and forth? It's like virtual don't break the ice except yeah, do break that's the breakout. ice. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, so there's... Th- the players that are good at drop shot are a completely different skill set than the players that are good at snow day because so much of drop shot involves being in the air um, and just positioning, reading the ball coming off the wall and high and things like that. Whereas snow day, I think snow day is a great way to introduce players to rotation play. Yes. Because the Preach. puck is a lot more manageable than the ball is, but at the same time, the puck can get yeeted at a whole nother level of speed. I think that's true until can. the puck is tumbling. Once the puck's tumbling, the next hit on it's going to send it through the air. But while the puck is glued to the the floor or the wall or whatever, yeah, I mean it's it's perfect for teaching rotation. Rumble awesome is mode. yeah, Rumble is chaos. Um, rumble is amazing oh shit and yeah well, so i can't say rumble is chaos i have to say people, rumble is insane you know people because... give rumble kind of a bad <laughs> rap because you you have this rng aspect where it rolls a random power up to you every 10 seconds but i think there's so much more skill to that than a lot of people give it credit for because people start to learn like again the meta of how to use each power up and what their strengths and weaknesses are and how you can use those against people, you start mentally keeping track of what has been rolled and what people have just used, and then you have an idea of what they're likely to get, and then you start positioning accordingly. I think there's a lot more um, skill there than a lot of people give it credit for, and I'm really glad they made it a competitive playlist. A lot of people... (sighs) Not everyone loved the fact that they made it competitive, Yeah, and I think it has a place there. Yeah, there's a lot of people that been have been upset with the extra modes uh, becoming competitive, but we'll get in that in a second. Um, hoops is a two v two game mode that is instead of soccer or hockey, it's basketball. 
So instead of knocking a ball straight into a goal, you have to get some arc on that mother and drop it in a hoop. Man, I played this game mode so many times when it first came out and was just so bad at it. Oh, it's a whole new game to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to relearn it's a, it. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole new angle you're having to put the ball in. And I think the funniest thing is when you're watching a new player play hoops, is the <laughs> fact that the ball will roll up the ramp underneath the goal, but your car does not. Yeah. So it's like that it's like killed me. Yeah. It's transparent for the car, but not for the ball. And you will just see people get completely blown away by this the first couple times you play it. Um, but it's another one, you know, getting in the air, getting under the ball. Uh, a compl- again, a completely different skill set. And I feel like playing um, drop shot hoops and stuff like that all around has made me more comfortable with going up in the air, reading stuff like that. So these game modes help you. Anything you do in these game modes, you can usually take back into standard or doubles and still it, it, it gives you an edge compared 100%. to what you had before. And It runs so, you out as a player. Yep. And then it hit me. Uh, one of the just casual game modes that we didn't get to talk about is Chaos, which is 4v4, which is absolutely ridiculous um, when you're playing. And I know we have a pretty solid core that we play Chaos with, and we're just waiting for Chaos to become a competitive rank. So that, <laughs> you know, that I've might actually never tried. Ticket. I've never yeah. tried Chaos, so I should jump it is, in with you. It's oh, you've awesome. got to try that. It is awesome. <laughs> it is a great way for people who don't know what they're doing to play with right. people who know what they're doing. Okay, well then we can do that. <laughs> um, but waiting for that competitive because what was it when we looked last time the the average group MMR that we had? Uh, in chaos. Yeah, it was it like eleven hundred? No. Oh no, it was. Um, well, I could have this wrong. Either in Rumble or Chaos, the average MMR I remember was somewhere around 1,400, 1,350. Okay. It was up there, because right around 1,600, you tip over from the top of Grand Champ into pro territory. So, um, basically, our team, if we were, if there was competitive Chaos, we possibly would be Grand Champs in Chaos. False. I, I don't our, think our, it... It's pretty high. I don't think that it quite translates that way just because not as many people play Chaos. Um, I think if you saw the volume in Standard um, poured into Chaos that the MMR would redistribute a little bit, but it's still... I'm pretty certain it's it's close to champ territory. Right, Michael, just let me, let me... Let us let us say that we're good. We're pretty <laughs> good. Versus bubble. No, I'm not going to lie. We're pretty good. We've come a long way, and like honestly, we we have a really good dynamic with the people we play with and i mean average wise our skill level is definitely we're not going to come across that many people irl who are anywhere near our level it's pretty unusual to come across people who are you know gold platinum diamond in rocket league yeah it's surprising that it's so hard to find these people because this is like one of two two games where i guess it, it there's more now but it was one of the first two games to be cross-platform across every platform. There's that many people. Yeah, there's that many people to play Rocket League <laughs> with. And they just yep. introduced a system where you can party up with people across platform. Which is oh, is that finally out? Uh, it's been out yes. since, what was it, March? That's awesome. And it's awesome, yeah, it's really yes. great. Yes. It stinks really cool. that people we gotta try that on out, ben, PlayStation... On Xbox and try to get on... Is it Xbox and PlayStation that they can't Xbox, see custom typed chat? Uh, well, no, no, no. What we've discovered is PC or any console players can't see custom type chat from PC. Oh, interesting. Which is a bummer because man, I I light that custom chat up. Yeah, but you <laughs> can still you can still see quick chat. You just can't see yes. custom chat. Um, but we we figured that out because we have one of our friends we play with. He plays only on Xbox, so we were able to play with him with no issues uh, because of this cross-platform. But I thought it was really funny when all this cross-platform started up, Rocket League had already had the fact that PlayStation and PC could play together, Xbox and PC could play together, Nintendo Switch and PC could play together, but the consoles couldn't play together. And then, of course, uh, Switch and Xbox got along to where they could play together. And then Sony was the odd man out, 
And then there was one weekend where somebody at Psyonix slipped the switch and all of a sudden <laughs> Xbox and PlayStation can play together. It was right. just working. And the Magic. crazy thing was, is for so long we'd heard from these video game companies, oh, it, it it's not like flipping a switch. It doesn't work that way. Not from the video game companies as from so Sony. much as from, from yeah Sony. from the from Sony from the console to... manufacturers. Yeah. But no, it's true. It's I mean it's a fact, right? It was coming from Sony. They were saying, "Oh no, it's harder than that. We have a lot to analyze. Security concerns. Blah 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 blah." Which it was very obvious that that was all crap because you flip a switch and it was on, and then somebody had to be like, "Hey hey hey, turn that off." <laughs> yep, yep. Because it happened with Fortnite. It happened with Rocket yep. League. And then, you know, a few months later, Rocket League's like, yeah, we're doing complete cross-platform. And, and it works. Like, it works. Beautifully. It works fine. You you don't notice anything different. It you The only reason I can tell is because I play on Steam. I have a, a, a special, like, picture on my Steam account. I can tell I'm playing with console players because they just have the default Cynet picture. Let's you know that they're on console. You don't get to see their, like, gamertag picture or their PSN ID picture. You just see Cynet, and I'm pretty sure it's the same on console. That's just what you see. And the friend adding process is a little bit different for people. Like you have um, Steam friends who are also on the same uh, PC platform as you if you're on Steam, and then you can have Rocket ID friends who are on the consoles. Yep, and to, to add somebody on your Rocket ID, all you're doing is typing in whatever they decide their Rocket ID is and the numbers that they were assigned by Rocket League and Bam, they're on your friends list so that you can see where everyone is and what they're doing. Are we cross-platform awesome. with um, Sam- Samsung smart fridges yet? Not yet. Not that I'm Not aware yet, of. I, now, okay. at, this, at the current moment, I do own this game on all platforms. <laughs> yeah, you've got it on what? PS4, Xbox, Switch, and PC? And PC, yep. Okay. I have it on all of them. At, at one point, I bought them on all of them, and, and Switch becomes my favorite when I'm on the go. Really? It's, yeah, just, just because it, it plays just fine. I, I really, really I might don't have, have many that. issues. It's totally fine on the Switch. Um, and and I mean, really, the Xbox and PC and you know PS4 all all you know obviously are a little bit smoother, and PC probably being the smoothest experience. But the Xbox One X provides about the closest to a you know a good PC you'll probably you'll probably get on a console. It's 4K at, at 60, 60 yeah. frames on Xbox yeah. One, so that's about the smoothest you can get on console. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It looks really nice. Yeah. And Rocket it's League, game... for being a very simple game, looks incredibly beautiful. Yeah. And as long as you're running it smooth, you're fine. You're fine. It, Frame it... rate's pretty big. I have noticed. So I have an ultra-wide monitor. It's... um. The 21 by 9 aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. I think that's a competitive advantage. Um, like in first-person shooters and in games like Rocket League. Because be... you can see everything. Yeah, I don't think it clips the top and bottom at all. I think it just adds oh, wow. a wider field of view. So that's, you can literally see opponents coming advantage. sooner. Yeah, yeah right? I, I had gotten a 144 hertz monitor, and it was game-changing for me. I had to relearn how to play Rocket League. Yeah, it broke me. <laughs> I used to be completely fine on the Xbox, and as soon as I had experienced it on a PC, just buttery smooth gameplay and nice frame rate, uh, I just I can't go back to it. I will literally drop a couple of divisions, if not a rank, uh, playing on a console, which is kind of embarrassing. So speaking of, since Andy, you mentioned that you had bought it everywhere, Rocket League yes. is not without its controversies. Of course. <laughs> so... This one, I immediately texted you when I saw this article happen um, in uh, Epic, uh, buying psionics, basically. And, you know, if you've been on the internet, you know that, you know, everybody has an issue with Epic and the Epic Games Store right now. Because Fortnite? Yeah, I have a different opinion of that controversy, and I think a lot of it's unnecessarily whiny um but people did kind of freak out but i think they did a they did an okay job starting to handle the the worries on this but you know from you guys who are you know much heavier players of the game what was what was your impressions here because for me it was kind of like yeah this is not surprising they use their engine it's a money maker they bought it 
Um, as long as they keep the cross-platform, I've got no issue with it. Um, my issues with Epic Games are completely outside of the Rocket League world. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am concerned that with them taking it over and it only going to be on the Epic Games Store when the official thing makes its move, how that's going to affect Steam players. Because I really don't want to install the Epic Games Store. You will not have to. Um, Steam users will be able to use it from Steam permanently, and they okay. will still provide. Support. Yeah, they already they clarified that that it's gonna yep. it's gonna be fine. You shouldn't have any issues. Nothing should change. Okay. Now. Okay. Cool. Then I'm I'm fine with it. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I like I said, I'm gonna go on my side tangent about the Epic Games Store. Just, I know they feel like they've got to get all these exclusives to compete with the uh, Steam. How about you start by adding a fucking shopping cart? to your game store they don't have a cart they don't have a cart it's very um, unuser friendly they do run good sales much like steam does but if you're having to buy your buy exclusives and of course the huge hubbub with shinmu 3 right now i feel like you need to get your bases covered before you start trying to force people to use your service with exclusives i enjoy pc because i don't have to pick what i'm playing on and now it's starting to feel worse in the console wars for me so what's going on with shinmu uh shinmu did a kickstarter that it was going to release on steam now the epic game store has bought the exclusive rights for it and they mm-hmm. will not honor refunds because of uh them not giving out steam keys now <sighs> neat okay wasn't yeah. aware of that one yeah, I mean stuff like that is definitely pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't. I mean, I was looking at the store. I don't that shopping cart. Who cares? Um, well, no, no. So the reason you say you say who cares, but there was a guy who had his account banned for trying to buy. He bought four games, and because they don't have a cart, it came through as four separate transactions, and his account got locked down because they thought there was fraud going on, because he was buying a lot of games during their sale. Sounds like a shitty bank, but. You know. No, 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 no. It wasn't his that's bank that bad. got locked down. It was Epic that locked his account down. Oh, well, then that's... His yeah, that's... Epic, yeah, his Epic account got not okay. locked down, not his bank account. Right, that's that. That's definitely on them. Then That's stupid, and they obviously need to, you know, improve... Add a fucking shopping cart. You know, get that sorted. I mean, obviously, they're not intentionally trying to do stuff like that, yeah. but they still have to go clean it up, and yeah. it's, that sounds pretty avoidable. Yeah. Name yeah. one place Thanks. that you buy on the internet that doesn't have a shopping cart. Mm. I don't know that I've ever seen one. Yeah, literally. No, it's ever. not. It's not standard, and it's a little weird, um, the way they have that set up. But even it seems if like you'd s- have to hire a developer to custom make a, a virtual storefront that doesn't have a cart. Right. Because anything, right. I don't, if I were going to go sell a retail product online, I would just use Shopify or something, and it would have a yeah. cart. And, there's, there's, yeah. Coming from the development side, there's so many frameworks to just pop a shopping cart onto your website and not actually even have to really stroke, you know, a line of code. Um, so it's pretty weird that they've structured it that way. Um, but as long as it works right, who cares? But if it, you know, obviously has bad systems for locking people out from making multiple purchases. Now, you know, you say this one guy complained about this. Now, how, how, common is that i'm guessing it's probably not happening to everybody reddit makes it seem like it's very common but we all yeah, know reddit reddit, is reddit makes mine. everything seem like it's common yeah. <laughs> reddit is a salt mine yeah um yeah. so moving on from this i mean because <laughs> oh, i feel like we're side tangenting there um we've talked about how how much versatility this game has michael what do you see for the future of rocket that's a tough question um I mean, amazing things have happened since Rocket League came out. When it first launched, um, I I was there probably 10 months after it came out, and it was 20 bucks on the market. It was like, okay, what is this $19 game? You know, it seems kind of interesting. And now it's it's a premium brand. Rocket League is kind of at the forefront of what's going on now. Um, it's a valuable asset. It's a huge market. It's a huge following. It's a huge player base. A lot of things have happened since it came out. The game has gotten more polished, had more features added. And I don't think I could have predicted hardly any of them. It's really hard for me to say what's coming next. Um, 
I can say that I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. I don't think that the epic acquisition of Psionics and the Rocket League brand is going to have a detrimental effect. Um, it's just so established, and Rocket League has so much potential. It's such a good moneymaker. It's so well enjoyed uh, by the people who play it and view it right now. I can't really see them doing anything too drastic with it. I think we'll see a lot of uh, cosmetics continue to be added and some of the more interesting gameplay modes, um, like the spike rush that's going on now, added from time to time. Other than that, it's really hard to say. Andy, any thoughts on the future of Rocket League? Yeah, I mean, Michael, you made a lot of good points. I think it's really going to keep, kind of keep churning along. And and like I mentioned, I also don't have really any worry about the epic acquisition. I think that's more of a financials thing than it is anything else. If they keep that same core development team that seems to really care about this product and keep finding ways to improve it and, and make sure this is running smooth for both, you know, the casual players and the um, and the pro scene, I see this thing continuing to grow, and, and the esports scene is, you know, still still booming with Rocket League, and I think it's a very accessible way for people to get into esports and even just video games in general. Yeah, it's a it's a very simple game, simple game to play, simple to play, hard harder to master. I guess is the way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. So it it definitely has some wheel some wheels and longevity on that front. Yeah. Um, I I think the best thing they can do is keep doing what they're doing. Uh, release cosmetic, run events. Uh, you've got a platform that you don't need to go in and develop a Rocket League two or something like that. You've got a a very strong platform that you can just keep adding on, and keep it running until you physically hit a point where you feel like technology forces an upgrade. Um. I don't see that happening anytime soon with the way things are going. Uh, it's crazy to me that a game's been out for four years and we're just now starting to see some of these new style plays come out. Um, new moves that you're seeing people pull off, wall resets, ceiling resets, uh, uh, things like that that, like Michael mentioned earlier, years ago you would have never thought of those things as being part of gameplay. And now at higher levels they're becoming standard practice. So... It, the the sky's the limit for Rocket League right now. And I really feel like what we just talked about with the future, we kind of rolled in our final thoughts on Rocket League in that as well. So I guess just for courtesy's sake, was there anything anybody else had to add about Rocket League? Yes, I'm going to give a shout out to Sunless Khan. He is a content creator on YouTube. He covers a lot of Rocket League stuff. His videos are phenomenal. Um, if you don't really know what's going on with Rocket League or you're kind of curious and want to learn a bit, bit more about it, I'd go check out his channel. There's a lot of other good content creators on YouTube, but um, he covers some pretty entertaining and sometimes humorous aspects of Rocket League and uh, has some useful stuff in there too if you want to get a little bit better at the game. Um, yep. Also, if any of you guys want to play with us on Rocket League, can, can we give out like our... Yeah, yeah, or... yeah. Well, 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 I was going to say, what we'll do is we'll add in the show notes. We actually have two places. We uh, we run a group that we call Whiffology. Um, the Art of the Whiff. The Art of the Whiff. Uh, we have a Discord that we can link, and we also have a Facebook page that we kind of have used to gather people. And we will add those in the show notes here today if anybody would like to play. We accept players from any platform. We just use Discord as kind of our standard comms proceeding because it's just the easiest one to use so i will get that information to andy if andy would be so kind as to add those to the show notes yep that will and, go in the show notes i think that's a great at idea the end, and we actually uh rick we we start every wednesday we try to get as many people on and we play wednesdays at about nine let's play some 32 on 32 <laughs> 32 <laughs> on 32 fucking rocket league battlefield let's go oh my god um Battle Royale. <laughs> Rocket League Battle Royale. Oh, God, please never. Please no. Don't, the, the, never. Don't, don't give happen. those. Don't give Epic, those don't that. listen. The, the, don't listen to that. <laughs> don't listen to that. Um, <laughs> guys that are, are out there listening, uh, whatever platform you're using to listen to us, if you could please rate, subscribe, and share us, we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, the ratings actually help us get higher up in search results on Google. 
of course, subscribing lets us know you're listening. And if you share, if you enjoy us, share us with a friend because if you like it and you can get a friend to like it and they can get a friend to like it, we can keep this thing growing. And that's really what we want to do. Um, it's been a while since we've given an update, but Andy, have we what what number have we cleared listen wise now? We have cleared just over 900 listens. I think last time we talked, we had just cleared 700, so now we're yep. over 900, making that push for 1K. So help yep. us get there by giving us a good rating, subscribing to the channels, and share us with your friends. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for coming on today. I know when we first started this podcast, we were trying to find a subject we could talk about, and then this one just kind of fell on my lap. I, and I was think like, we found the exact right one for you, Michael. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. It's been really fun. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of neat to talk about something that's been such a big part of my life. Like any of my free time goes to racing, working on my business, or Rocket League. So, yep. yeah, definitely pretty uh, cool to explore some of this stuff. Speaking of your business, man, why, why don't you let people know what you're you're doing, man? Because that's what you're doing is really cutting edge and really cool. Yeah, so right now we're we're not retail ready right now. We're definitely in the early development stages, but uh, I've started a company with a business partner of mine called Race Bionics, and we're going to be creating a bunch of adaptive race equipment uh, for paraplegics who need alternate systems to drive whatever they're driving. So I race a shifter cart, and I also have uh, an E46 M3, and I'm in a wheelchair. So to drive it, I have um, hand control systems to operate the, the throttle and the brake and things like that and shifting. And so we're developing those systems and trying to refine them and make them as competitive and as uh, desirable to use as pedals, if not better. So that's kind of what we're doing. That's awesome. Changing, changing the world right there. Yeah. Um, there's not many guests that we have had on that I feel like are, are doing something that can really have an impact on the world. No offense to our other guests. But that's, I mean, that's life and game changing for people out there, Michael. So. Really appreciate what you're doing there, and thank, thanks for, for telling us about it there. Yeah, thanks for having me, and, and it's been real pleasure. All right, got anything to add on there, Andy? That That is all for me. All right, guys, so whether you're listening to us morning, noon, or night, enjoy your day, evening, and we'll see you next time. All right, bye.